0: Sorry.
1: (laughs) No, I have no plans to change my behavior, despite, you know... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Non-repentant. I
1: I have regrets, but I'm not going to (laughs) change.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Barside Chats. I'm Brian the Gleeman. And I'm Matt, the innkeeper. And this... It's a Wheel of Time podcast from the Dusty Wheel. It's another day at the Bar Side. I'm your host, Brian the Gleeman, and Matt the Innkeeper is back from vacation. Matt, congratulations. Your son got married last weekend to the love of his life. What's it like being a father-in-law?
0: Yeah, our, our holidays extended themselves into the new year. It's awesome. Congratulations for Taylor and his bride Tayan, and they, we've we've loved her. Tay-Tay. Tay-tay. that's right. We've loved uh, her ever since she started coming over to the house. He introduced us, and she's she's an awesome addition to to the Hatch family here, and has also taken part in some of the Dusty Wheel related activities. For example, the trailer watch party, she was integral to that part and got to do some stuff that fans may be a little bit jealous about. She got to be part of that. Uh, bringing in and talking to uh, Daniel Henney and uh, Zoe Robbins, Madeline Madden, and got to kind of be part of that uh, Zoom procedure that we did to get the, them in and out of the show. So, yeah, she's she's great.
2: That's awesome. Well, welcome to the family, Tay. tay tay <laughs> Tay-Tay squared. We have Grace with us, a.k.a. Bain underscore Shiad, our friend from Twitter and a longtime friend of the pod. She also has a YouTube live stream called Threefold Talk, where a bunch of Aiel gather together and talk about things. Grace, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Thanks. It's great to be back. Um, and yeah, the live stream is on Malkier Talks' YouTube channel. It's a live Aiel-themed variety show that we live stream every Thursday night at 9 p.m. We have games. We have fake ads. We have discussion of Wheel of Time news. We make fun of the Wetlander. It's a really great time.
2: (laughs) That sounds awesome. And and I know, Matt, I think you've you've seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I I will tune in uh, maybe this week, maybe this Thursday. Jump into chat. Uh, It's 9 p.m. Eastern.
1: 9 9 p.m. Eastern. Malkier Talks.
2: Malkier Talks. All right. We'll put some links in the description if you are interested to do that. But today, we're going to talk a little bit about a topic that came up uh, in December when we were talking with Grace about one of our uh, reactions to, I think it was episodes two and three, um, first couple of episode reactions. The question that came up was, do we really want to know everything about the show, the Wheel of Time show, before we see it? Or do we want to watch it with fresh eyes? In other words, spoilers or no spoilers? So, um I personally am a no-spoiler kind of guy. I do not want to be spoiled. And I made a few exceptions for The Wheel of Time. I tried to watch the teasers and the trailers, but I tried not to get too deep into anything else because I just wanted it to be fresh. But but I know both of you, Grace and Matt, were very into all of the things that, all of the news and all of the leaks and all of the, you know, stuff Steve. that came out. So, um, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about this? Uh, Grace, you want to start?
1: Yeah, I I think this is an awesome topic, and I think we should probably start with what is our definition of spoilers, because I think everyone has sort of a different threshold for what they consider a spoiler, and there's such a range of different types of spoilers. I know folks who don't even want to see any still images of the next episode, but I know people who don't mind that. Is a trailer a spoiler in some respects, because... Nowadays, with trailers, you see multiple plot points throughout the trailer. Trailers um, are totally spoilers, who... by the way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, <I've... laughs> well, what is your definition of a spoiler, Matt?
0: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I was, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, shoot, how do I define this? Um, I, I look at all the stuff we covered for the last two and plus years before this came out. And you know, to me, it would be any in-show related material. And what do you mean by that is, uh, you know, a, a song that Lauren Balfe writes, but if you're listening to the lyrics, you might have some concept of what, you know, the flame of Tarvalon, right? right? Uh, you you might have a concept then of like, okay, so that maybe this is related to something that's going to happen. You know, knowing an actor is going to be part of it, maybe not so much, but knowing, uh, seeing that actor in costume, you know, seeing them in the show itself. So uh, to me, it's like, it's anything that's, in show uh it's demonstrative of something that's in the show itself so i think it could be construed as a a spoiler that's where i'm going with right now i don't know if i've drawn too <laughs> too strict of a boundary there and you could pull me back from that but i feel like that's that's what i would think you know that's and i say this from the position of i hate spoilers for movies so you can tell me there's a new spider-man movie you can tell me uh some actors that are in the movie But as soon as you say, like, what they're doing or allude to what they're doing, or I see even a screenshot of of a scene in the show, I feel like something has been spoiled. And that's why I strictly stay very far away from that kind of stuff. So that's my line. I don't know, Brian, do you have a different line?
2: Yeah, mine is uh, maybe a little bit more of a you know it when you see it kind of thing. Because, you know, you could could say, oh, so-and-so was cast as... You know missima or something and like maybe i didn't know missima was going to be part of the part of the show you know or, or some so-and-so is cast as the sandman in the spider-man movie or whatever and you're like oh this okay now i know this is about <laughs> the, the bad guys the spider sure. uh, is sandman or something um I, and so you know i i generally if until, until it gets into what's actually in the show or in the film uh, it's not really a spoiler. Like just talking, like you know, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. It's a Spider-Man movie. We know Spider-Man's in it, and Tom Holland's in it, and most of the cast from the previous movies are in it. And that's not really a spoiler. But when you start talking about plots and character development and costumes and and maybe even special effects, uh, that's kind of where like I'm not really interested in seeing that until I see it. I want to be surprised. I, I I like the fresh, the fresh view with the Wheel of Time. Though the three of us. And most of our listeners are in an interesting position because not only um, were we following along with the production of the show, but we have read the books. And the books actually spoil most of the plot. And so in this case, for The Wheel of Time, I am specifically avoiding spoilers for what might be on the screen. Costumes, uh, who plays what um, set designs, uh, special effects, dialogue. Um, I, I really kind of don't really want to see much of that. Although as part of, you know, watching the dusty reel, as part of being involved in the community, I did watch the teasers and the trailers. I did the teaser game tra- trailer guide Like those were really fun days, but, uh, I tried to limit it to that. I tried not to go too, too much deeper than that, but, but I know both of you went but, a lot deeper the, than that. I like that, that you're so. like, I
0: tried to limit it to, a twenty hours of live stream. A twenty hour live <laughs> that's stream. A, that's a, about that's a, very, a single two minute clip. Yeah, way to go! Yes. You limited it a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, no, exactly, exactly. But 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 the two of you went way deeper than that. You 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 know, Matt, you say you don't like spoilers, but for this, you were totally spoiled by tons of things. Yes. Uh, for either of you did that disrupt your viewing experience of the show?
0: Yeah, Grace, I'm I'm curious. Like now, you look back, what do you think?
1: I mean, it's something I've been thinking about so much because this was such a unique viewing experience for me. I have never been this deeply involved with anything before it came out. Um, And as you both were talking, I was starting to think to myself, well, my frustration with spoilers is in proportion to how much i care about the thing so like if i really like with stormlight archive when i when i read that i didn't want to see anything about it i tried to mute every single word on twitter every single character name everything because i really didn't want it to be spoiled but then you just pointed out that i really went into the wheel of time very deeply before the show came out so and i do care about the wheel of time so i think that throws that theory out the window um so I think maybe just Wheel of Time is, is its own thing, where I both care about it and also want to be spoiled.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, we're just special. Yeah, we're just special.
1: And I never even thought of it before it came out. I never really even thought of it as spoiling myself. I thought of it as I just want to know. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see this. So any little nugget that they drop for us, I want to dissect it. I want to look at it. I want to figure things out. But in retrospect, I really do think it affected uh, some of my reaction to the show. I mean, I was looking at audition scripts. I was looking at, you know, all sorts of like, it wasn't just, oh, cool trailer. It was like, let's look at that tiny little glint of light on the dagger and figure out what time of day and where that's happening. And then we know like, you know, what to expect from Shatter Logoth. So (laughs) I'm
0: proud of of that kind of stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that's your wheelhouse. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, I purposely didn't watch the teaser for episode eight. So up until that point, I had been sort of absorbing every single little thing with the exception of at one point, there were a bunch of publicity stills coming out, um, and I was sort of like, they kept saying they were official Amazon publicity stills, but I wasn't so sure about that because there were a lot of them, and they were really showing a lot of detail. Yeah. So I tried to mute that. I didn't really look at that throughout um, the series, but episode eight, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do an experiment and see like if this changes things for me. So I did not watch the teaser for episode eight. And did it work? I'm not sure, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I know a lot of people really did not like Episode 8 at first and then sort of warmed up to it over time. I was sort of the opposite. I really did like it um, at first, and then I sort of was like, ooh, and I picked it apart and there were things I didn't like. So maybe, I don't know, I can't prove this. It could just be a correlation, but maybe the fact that I didn't watch the teaser I had different expectations than other people, and maybe that's why I was more open and liked it better. I really don't I'm know. I'm
0: going to go with that. I, I think that would hold true if we actually like studied it, like statistically speaking, got like a statistically significant sample of fans and asked them how much news, how much were they aware of the plots beforehand, how much were they aware of the characters, how much were they aware of the changes. And then identified kind of how they liked or disliked something. I think you would find correlation between expectations being set early. So that is one thing I think that I can't go back and un. You know, I can't go back and experience it differently. But for me, we covered it. Like right, Grace. Like we we talked about this stuff. We 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 did live streams about Steve. Like there was such so many little details, the minutia that we knew. When people would just be like, so when is this coming out and what's changing? Most of us at the time could like quote like, well, this is changing and then this is, you know, uh, we're not going to see Tom until block two and we're not going to see, but we're going to see the tinkers in block two and three, which likely means it's going to be episode three, four and five, right? Like we we could sketch from all the details that came out what was the likely plot of the first season. And so we talked about it with our friends for hours upon hours of like, well, why would they make this change? And I don't know, I like that, but okay, so what, okay, I gotta shift my brain around to this. So by the time I feel like I saw things, I could not react in a way that was like, what? <laughs> like, it was like <laughs> I'd already kind of gotten my what moments out, and so I think that that came. It was really funny to see people like, well, you got you just like this, you know? How can you like this? And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, as a book reader. I can imagine to myself, like, this is the first time I've seen something and I wasn't aware of any of this. This would be really different. And maybe I would not have liked a lot of what I saw because I had not spent two and a half years (laughs) preparing for it. Like, it's like anything, like a marathon, right? The marathon's gonna suck if you didn't do any preparation beforehand, you know? But if you prepared for it for two years, the parts that sucked, you kind of expected a bit and you were ready for them so i i kind of take it that way in many ways like i hate spoilers but in this regard i was glad i did it because i've seen the experience a lot of fans have had that were just kind of coming at this the first time and they struggled in ways that i did not struggle uh uh, because (laughs) again because i was doing my eight mile runs every week on the wheel of time. And it kind of was ready for a lot of these things that were going to change. So it's a really, it's weird because I hate spoilers. So I, but I'm glad I did it, I guess, because I was able to enjoy it in a way that some, some book fans were not able to enjoy it.
2: I think I, now that, now that you mention it, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, knew enough to know what was changing, what broadly was changing. And I spent a lot of time thinking about what could change. I argued on Discord and Twitter and got into discussions with people about like, oh, they're probably gonna cut this and not that. And uh people would be like, you can't cut this and then I'm like, yeah, they they totally can because this you know, this is the TV, it's a different medium. You've only got sixty-ish minutes per episode to 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 do it and every minute counts and uh and got a lot lots of discussions with people about what the new show, what the show would look like that's different from the books. And so when we actually did see it and I saw things that were different even than I thought they would be, I was at least prepared mentally for this idea of like, oh, this is going to be different and I'm going to roll with it because, you know, I've been thinking about it being different for two and a half years, like you said. And I guess if, if I talk to people, non-readers, well, if I talk to readers who did not pay attention to all of the stuff that the three of us paid attention to. They liked it a lot less. They have a lot more complaints. They have a lot more problems with things not being exactly like in the books. But, you know, I've talked to several of them and I've said, well, if you were going to uh, adapt this to the screen in eight episodes, you know, eight times 60 is 480 minutes uh and you have you have that, my, that math, <laughs> right? Right. i think that math's <laughs> right you, you you have 480 minutes ish and you need to do uh you know this whole whole book uh h- how do you do that and how do you keep the plot moving and how do you set up season two and how do you set up season three and how do you you know are does this character strictly necessary can you merge these two and you start talking to them about that they start like you can see the gears turning in their head And then by the end of the conversation, most people I've talked to have been like, oh, well, that makes more sense. I don't dislike it as much as I thought I did. And so I think we kind of did that to ourselves. We kind of – it's it's not necessarily about the spoilers, but it's about being involved early, like the three of us were, allowed us to prime our minds for things will be different. I'm going to posit this idea
0: then to us since – Most of us, I mean, at least Grace and I were covering this like really closely. And then Brian, you were still following along and we were doing podcasts and you were still aware of everything. Uh, The joy you had in seeing it like as the episodes went on, I I liked it and I enjoyed it. My joy was like greater for other people that were seeing it for the first time because I kind of – I was like, well, they're going to leave here and then they're going to Shatter Logoth and I've seen pictures of Shadow Logoth and then there's going to be this... Uh, we've seen the dagger and Matt's going to get the dagger and then they're going to leave and then they're going to split and they're going to go with the Tinkers and we know the Tinkers are happening, right? And then the White Cloaks are coming in. They haven't come in yet so they must be coming in shortly. And you know what I mean? Like I was like, and then we know that nine Eve's going to do this and it, I don't know. For me, it was... there. It was hard for me to kind of get out of that and just live the experience of the show. And so I think my joy for anything that I might have been extremely excited about was muted a little bit. I don't know. Did Grace, did you feel like, did you just like, were you over the top either in how much you loved or hated things? Or do you feel, and my, what I'm positing is because of the preparation, maybe our enjoyment was kind of, <laughs> maybe what we hated was a little bit more mild and our joy was a little more mild than it could have been because of our preparation. Do you feel that? Or did you No, you really hated and really loved things and it didn't affect that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think everything was a little bit muted, except for the things that were surprises. Yeah. You know, there were definitely moments where I was just so excited to see certain things like the Manutherin speech and just little Easter eggs here and there that, you know, I hadn't uh, seen ahead of time. Those were the things I was most excited about. And those were the things that I didn't know ahead of time. Uh, but certainly, you know, Knowing that Nynaeve was going to sneak up on Lan, you know I feel like that the effect of that was so much less than it would have been if it had been the first time and I think that's what it is. It's that people don't when people say they don't like spoilers It's because it lessens the emotional impact of what you're seeing There's just something about seeing something for the first time and you sort of like romanticize the first time like, I still romanticized the first time I saw the first teaser trailer. Yeah. And we saw some of those images we hadn't seen before. And we heard a voiceover. And, you know, all of that was just so amazing because we had not seen it before. Yeah. So I think definitely... In both ways, you know, things I knew were coming, I wasn't excited about. And also, changes I knew were coming, I wasn't upset about. Like Layla Perrin, that had been a rumor for so long. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I have a book reader friend who was like, I can't believe they did that. Uh, and I was like, yeah, we, but we knew that was coming. So, and it just <laughs> right. didn't, I had no feelings. It, so I yes. think, um, you know, it just sort of muted all of my feelings. I felt like, I don't know that's i like feelings yeah
2: (laughs) one of the goals of storytelling of good storytelling is that your scenes and your moments should be surprising but inevitable and if you tell a story and the plot points wind up being surprising but inevitable those are very satisfying stories because you're caught by surprise but once it happens you look back and you go oh what else could have happened that was always going to happen how How could any how could we have thought anything else and that that's those are the endings, and those are the moments that are just the most satisfying to us as we watched the show, knowing some of the information that we had, we knew certain things were going to happen, but when they happened and how they happened could have been surprises yeah. so I was you know like you said, grace, like some of the things that were surprising to me were very surprising, and I was like squealing, watching the show. Uh, about what happened when i didn't expect that to happen, so I did not expect, for example, a knife to appear in dana 's throat thrown by Tom, like did not yeah. expect that to happen. um We knew who Dana had been cast, but we didn 't know who she was until that episode came around, or i didn't There, there were these things that were like inevitable we knew Dana was going to show up, we knew Tom was going to show up, we knew Barney Harris is leaving the show. But how those manifested in the show I thought were very surprising to me and therefore very satisfying. There were other things that were inevitable and not surprising because we already knew enough about them. And that, like you like you were both saying, you know, there were moments that we just already knew. We already saw them in the trailer, you know, Egwene being yeeted off a cliff. <laughs> you, you know, um, Seeing the Waygate for the first time, that kind of thing, those were things that, you know, were inevitable and not surprising because we had seen them before. Uh, and so I think there's, I guess what I'm getting at is there might be a balance that we need to strike between what's worth knowing ahead of time and what we don't want to know ahead of time and, and what keeps that surprise and inevitability uh, in a way that, that, you know, does keep us engaged and happy without ruining and, and deadening the experience. No, Brian, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm totally wrong
0: balance who needs balance in the wheel of time but uh, that's really difficult and the reason why that's difficult is for those of us that are doing weekly shows uh, you know we're interacting with hundreds of fans you know across social media on a daily basis it's really difficult to like not talk about the thing and not have any the thing spoiled without kind of just basically not doing content creation <laughs> like that's yep. like i feel like that's what I, i'd have to do because you would be like hey can we talk about that thing that uh that wad up he just announced three new cast members and i have to be like no and that's, a, and that's <laughs> a weird like we can't talk about that never we can't actually talk about it until the show comes out but good luck hope you enjoy it go away you know what i mean it's like a really weird so i think that but you're
2: right in the sense of well, I'm thinking more from like Rafe's perspective and like the, not, maybe not Rafe, but like Amazon's perspective, how they release information. Yes. Like, is, is yes. there a smarter way for them to release news and information that doesn't ruin our surprise, but still makes things, uh, make it fun to learn new things?
0: I would say not for book readers. What, Grace? I see you're shaking your head. What do you think?
1: I don't think it matters what Amazon does or doesn't do because there's always going to be leaks and there's always going to be social media. And I think that has changed. The world of spoilers so much you know like i think back when i was growing up i didn't have social media i didn't even really watch trailers unless i went to a movie and saw one um so i just <laughs> think it's impossible now to avoid being spoiled i mean even there was someone that was spoiling episode 8 yep like viciously talking about loyal being killed and i remember someone said mute this person mute this person right now on twitter and i went to go mute them but of course on twitter it lets you block like it lets you report certain tweets so of course i mute them and then i see all the tweets about loyal so i got spoiled anyway so even if you try not to get spoiled you still get spoiled i think it's impossible uh unless you delete your social media and like you know don't do anything related to the Wheel of Time before it comes out, but but that's impossible. It does
0: change our relationship with the rest of fandom. And what I mean by that is uh, a lot of us were like, (laughs) we understood, but we couldn't bring ourselves back to that point, right? It was like, oh, people are really upset about the Layla parent thing. I mean, yeah, that bothered me for like six months, but I got over it. You know, like I just accepted it because it was going to happen. You know, it's kind of the inevitability side of it where you eventually reach... Kind of this point of inevitability where you're like, okay, so I don't, I'm annoyed by it, but I'm still going to watch this thing, or whatever. And so when it actually happens, you're kind of like, yeah, I am annoyed. It's the things that I did not know that it happened that I did not like. Those are the things that are still bothering me, right? Like, and the things I did not know that happened that I did like. Those are the ones that are living with me and kind of make like, like Brian, you brought up Dana. We had already kind of like in the nitty gritty of all of our speculation. Yeah, Dana, the dark friend, was totally on like the radar. And it was like, okay, Dana's going to be the dark friend. Uh, they meet her in this town with Tom. And so this is a good kind of Millie, Millie kind of uh, analog, or all the dark friends would be into one. So it would kind of make sense. It won't surprise me if. So when it happened, like for you, that was an amazing point. For me, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah, okay, that. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like, yay. Uh, Even like uh, to grain, right? I wish they hadn't put that in. I get why they did put it in the trailer. Because let's be honest. When we saw that trailer, we're like, damn, that looks so amazing. (laughs) And they're like, like, oh my gosh, look at the bees on the armor. This is amazing. I know what this is going to be. I can't wait. Uh, Now, we didn't see the rest of it, which was amazing in and of itself. But there was kind of like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? We know this is okay. It's going to be episode seven. It has to be episode seven cold open because whatever. Uh, so there is that aspect that just takes us out of the experience, and we really can't relate or compare our experiences to book fans who are not doing what we're doing. Like it's just a, it's different.
2: To grain scene is a great example of a good teaser. Because they gave us just enough of the view to be like, oh, this is going to be a cool, like, IEO fight. Sure. Um, and then when we saw the real thing, it was way better yeah. than I think any of us could have possibly imagined. And so uh, I, I thought that was a very, a very good example of, of, like, of something. But something that um, I think Grace mentioned in, in December in our, one of our episodes was um, knowing that Tom was not going to be in block three. And then you know, and you you said something yeah. to the effect, "Grace of 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 like, I, w- I kind of wish I didn't know that, Yeah. because now yeah. you you know what's going to happen next. Things like that. I mean, going into season two, are those things that you still want to like dig into, or do you think you might like pull back a little bit? Or, <laughs> sorry, <clears throat>
1: <laughs> no, I have no plans to change my behavior, despite you know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) non-repentant. I
1: I have regrets, but I'm not going to change.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I got go. I got to know this. So of those moments, at least kind of the joyful moments where you were not spoiled. Can you name one grace where you're like, this just totally hit me. It sticks with me. It's, It's just a moment. And I'm so glad it wasn't spoiled. And it has so much meaning to me from watching the first season.
2: Hmm. I
1: think it's, it's a toss up between, uh, the Manethrin speech, um, and, and just the way that that was filmed. I just wasn't even expecting to have that in the show at all. And then they did some really cool foreshadowing stuff with that scene. And, uh, the scene between Tom and Matt uh, in the village with the Aiel and their whole conversation and interaction there, um, I didn't know that that was coming. And I thought that was really lovely. And um, and just in general, like all the little, you know, tributes to the books throughout um, that were surprises. Uh, but I think those two moments stand out the most to me that I, that I didn't know about.
0: Yeah, the, one of the most meaningful ones for me is Uh, Matt and (laughs) Brigitte and the little girl and then yeah that was great And then the Grinwell's home and the fade moment like that sequence and no offense to people that love it or hate the show to me that sequence will always live as like season one Matt Tom Rand the Grinwell's just a really awesome adaptation moment I don't i disagree with a lot a lot of the adaptation moments but to me just the perfect like the town moving into that interaction their town interactions moving into that interaction just so well done and i'm so glad i didn't know like i knew the grin were gonna be there i had no idea how and so those pieces to me i had zero concept zero theories around it and i just i was able to love that and kind of live in that moment and uh and that's why episode three stands out to me. That's one of the best. And that's that's what I think happens, right? For me, if people are like, why do you like this episode? I can't say how you'd love it. There's things that happen that I wasn't anticipating. And so, and then I liked it. If I like something I was not anticipating happened, that episode is going to stand out for me. More so than like, like episode one, it was like, yeah, winter night. Okay. <laughs> like, it was cool. Right, Don't get me right. wrong. But it was like, I knew that was going to happen. And Narg. Okay. We knew that was going to happen. And. We had seen some of the, with the trailers and the ceremony, we kind of had an idea. There just wasn't much there where I was like, it was, it, was, it was like a good episode, like, but it's not one of my favorites because of it didn't have something that I hadn't already spoiled for myself. So that's going to be a little bit of the challenge. I think moving forward for us is really enjoying the episodes because we haven't we haven't gotten into the minds of the writers (laughs) and figured out all their secrets. Um, And we haven't, we haven't seen enough leaks to know what's going to happen, but I'm with uh, grace. There's no way I'm changing any, like, I'm just going to keep like, it's, it's impossible. No regrets. Uh, No, no. I, so as uh, doing the beta read for the last two books of the wheel of time ruined me. Uh, So yes, uh, but I I won't regret it. Does that make sense like i I know yeah. what it did to my fandom, and like I ran Theoryland, <laughs> which is a site based on speculation, and then it was like, "Hey, let's take the leader of Theoryland and let's put him behind this the curtain and that was like really it changed forever, like talking to fans about the books. I did my best, but it changed it. This changes it, right like we're by participating the way we do in fandom it it changes that experience. And uh, it, almost to this point, point, this is why I want to ask you both, I now can look back kind of how I've felt over those last, ever since the, uh, the season ended, I've been going through this weird, like, emptiness phase <laughs> where it's like, like, I don't know if I'm ready A to longing. start again, but I don't know, like, I want to go back to it. I'm in this weird, like, limbo, longing kind of aspect. I enjoyed the build up more than the show and and I don't know, it's like a weird thing to say, but it's like all those moments of speculation and theorizing, and like Grace said, like zooming in on a glint on a, on a dagger, those were the moments that just live in me because they were like the new moments, the things that just kind of dropped in our laps and we got to inspect them with each other. Uh, and so the show was cool, but it was the buildup that in the end that I love the most. And so that's, Right? I need to tell what I'm telling myself is like, remember the thing you loved the most is the thing you get to do again, right? It's, it's probably not going to be the episodes. It's going to be all of the excitement of the build-up to those episodes. So I want to ask you both, Grace, uh, when you think back, all of the conversations beforehand, all the episodes of live streams and such, did you get, did you have more joy in that than you did of actually seeing the final show itself?
1: Yeah, I think I did. I really I I think is it cheesy to say that it's the friends we made along the way because it's totally I, <laughs> cheesy but it's totally accurate too yeah cuz I think it's just not the same every time I got excited about something having to do with the show either before or during the show it didn't feel real and it didn't feel as special until I shared it with someone else you know until I went onto my Twitter group chat and you know texted them or you know when I went on the dusty wheel and got to chat with people there and you know break it down it's it's something about being in the community and sharing it together that's more fun and more rewarding than actually watching the show I, I think that's definitely true I mean I love the show I love watching and admiring a piece of art um you know I love just just you know the the costumes and the artistry of it, and the scenes and all you know it's just it's nice to watch, but it's definitely there's something about the discussion part that that makes it a lot more fun and interesting,
0: yeah, Brian. I've seen you shake your head. Where are you at on this yeah
2: no i'm totally i totally agree. I think this was true even before the show. I think it was true with the books uh all along and and you can you know i I read a lot and there are a lot of books that are just as good, just as well written. Just as great plots, just as great characterizations as The Wheel of Time. There's a lot of series out there that are just as epic. But the thing that makes The Wheel of Time special to me is not necessarily the books. I love rereading the books. But rereading the books for me is, uh, it it just calls back all the interactions and all the conversations I've ever had with everybody uh, that I've talked to about this. And so I met you, Matt, through these books you know, a long time ago, um, a lot of my friends, like you were at my wedding, you were in my wedding, is <laughs> one the wedding party. Right. Like this is, uh, this is a, uh, to me, the, the, the true power of the wheel of time in my life is not necessarily the words on the page. It is, t- you know, to be that cheesy line. It's the friends I made along the way. Like it's all of the people that I know and all of the interactions that I've had doing this podcast, doing Twitter, going on the dusty wheel chatting with people breaking down scenes looking at trailers doing the 20-hour live stream like all of that is way 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 more fun than watching 60 minutes of television once a week yeah and it doesn't matter how good the tv show is it will never be as dynamic and as uh surprising um, and as as awesome as just sharing your joy with other people that or also feel joy about the things you feel joy about, yep. right? And and there's like there's a lot of TV shows that I love. I love Breaking Bad. I love The Wire. But like I wouldn't – I don't necessarily rewatch them. And I don't necessarily – I mean I do sometimes. It's not the same as – it doesn't bring me the same amount of joy. Uh, as just talking to you guys about this does. What's
0: weird about that because you brought up the topic, right? The spoilers spoilers and, and how did it like affect our journey – and if there wasn't anything to talk about, we wouldn't have been talking, right? <laughs> like we needed, yeah. we needed some Kindle, like we uh, of the fire. We needed, we don't. And it's funny because there is like a happy medium, and like you were saying, there is some balance, Brian. Like I got sick of actually spoilers at the very end, like the last three weeks before the show came out. I was like, okay, <laughs> stop. This is actually like, happening. This is actually. Well, it's like it was just like yeah. Now you're taking away the moments that could have been. Really exciting, and I could have enjoyed like a nine, and you're making them like a six, and then you're also kind of like showing me some stuff where I might have, in the moment, like been able to contextually understand it and been like, okay, instead of a negative five, that's probably like a one or something, but now I'm seeing those things and I don't have the context, and it's too close to the actual release of the material. So there was a kind of, there was like a moment, like the last two weeks, where they were like letting they were just like sending out this stuff on a daily basis, and I was like. I can't do it. Like I I I'm losing I'm not enjoying this part of the beforehand thing. So there is a, it's a really interesting happy medium and I don't know how to explain it. I think that's one of the reasons why I was like, "Rafe, stop telling us stuff that actually happens in season 2. Allude to things, give us some kindling to play with, but don't just like be like, stake in the ground. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen." Right. Because it, like for example, let me give you an example of one of those. I think he answered a question to an interview saying that like the Matt storyline would kind of pick up in the, dra- the Dragon Reborn. Like, the only people that helps are people that have read the books. And the people that read right. the books already love or hate you. <laughs> right? They already love or hate right. the show. <laughs> like That answer is helping no one. And what I mean by that is yeah. it, the people that were like, what's going to happen to Matt? Well, let him sit in that. Let him sit in that for the next year or whatever. What is going to happen to Matt? Uh, and the people that were like, I think I know what's going to happen to Matt or I don't care what happens to Matt they're not going to like oh he's going to be in this dragon born timeline it's like okay i don't care like in the end as a showrunner and brandon had to learn this and robert jordan i think learned it over time but by the time we all kind of got to ask him questions and such and he got letters from people he was already kind of in the mentality of like i'm writing my book still i'm not going to i'm not going to give you give away things so right. f- for you grace was there like a is there like a line uh and when was that line for you where It was like the joy of beforehand, but then it stopped being fun.
2: No, you did say like right before episode eight, you wanted to stop.
1: Yeah, then, but also throughout, there were definitely times where I, I mean, it was, I always felt joy no matter what, but I think there was one point um, before episode three or maybe even before the whole thing aired where they started releasing all these little tiny teasers and people were finding them in like the weirdest places like at cer- a certain website the banner was playing a teaser and it was different than the teasers they had released on Twitter and I was still at that point just out of habit looking at every single thing and I wish I hadn't because one of them was like pretty much the whole naive versus the Trolloc scene and that would have been so much better if I had not known it was coming um and totally lost the element of surprise by seeing that ahead of time, so I do think you know I don't know if it is something that Amazon can or will do, but I think maybe something I'm gonna keep in mind is not to watch every single little teaser, maybe just like the main ones because I don't want something like that spoiled next time
2: yeah the uh Amazon needs to to figure out the the rafo thing, you know, just kind <laughs> of kind of say, "Hey, this thing's you know read and find out, watch and find out." don't give us everything just give us little hints and teasers cuz it feels like especially going into the last like month maybe last couple of weeks before the show aired you just got like hammered with, with kind of over the head like uh really overt blatant like things that were going to happen in the show and the community the, the the fandom of the wheel of time that's not what we like we like these little subtle hints and we like to we like to theorize about them and speculate and then be surprised about what the potentially surprised about what the outcome is. Uh, and so potentially they need to figure out how can they give us information that's not necessarily spoiling plot points and, and things like that, but are uh, uh, giving us a hint as to what might happen. Like kind of like I was saying with, the, with that one little, like one and a half seconds of Tigrane fighting in that trailer that turned into the, probably the best, you know, se- seven minutes of television in the whole series that was a really that was that was a moment where they gave us just a little bit and it wound up blowing us away in the real thing i think they could do more of that without necessarily giving away actual cool scenes but with that in mind we're not the only audience they're trying to get all these other people who haven't read the books who are not part of the community to come in and watch it and maybe you know your mom likes to see all that stuff up front i don't know
0: yeah, I think a lot of people do and aren't bothered by it. And so maybe that's uh, – Brian, you asked this question before. I'm going to change my answer. I would, I will do with some, some things a little bit differently. But I think that I inadvertently did them this last time this way, which is the last two weeks, I think I will kind of have a moratorium on like – I'm not going to go out and spoilers. look for be, uh, the spoilers and I'm not going to try to like overtly cover them because they get just so – overt, right? It's just like, I I might do something where it's like, have some spoiler safe live streams of like, okay, we're not going to, anything after this point, we're not going to talk about or discuss it, but everything up until here, let's still kind of hype and be excited about that because I'd rather speculate. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the last week or two before the books come out, like a new book comes out, you get all the pre-reader copies and they're starting to do all their reviews. And they're like, this is a non-spoiler review. And you go read it and you're like, no, this is a non-spoiler review for no people who have never read the books. <laughs> but your non-spoiler right, review right, right. basically laid out exactly what happens, and when you're like, and then in the second half of the book, you know there is a an important character who has an experience, you know whatever, and you're like, yeah, okay, right, thanks. Right, right, right. Uh, I I think I know what's going to happen at this point. So I feel like the last couple weeks before uh, turned into that, where I was like. Okay, people are seeing this. You almost, you, you did have that with uh, news media kind of writing articles and their non-spoiler articles and people would get that information and want to talk about it. And So I think I will take a bit more of a strict kind of like policy on our live streams and in chat to, I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it's after the last trailer's dropped, kind of like after the last trailer or it'll be some point where it'll be like, these last three weeks we're just not going to dig into them and we're going to try to stay it that way. So, uh, because yeah, the, it started, I started losing, I started losing my of my excitement of the new things because then it got really obvious. Like you said, Grace, like, I was like, Oh, okay. So that's like the whole scene. So I know exactly what happens there. Yep. That's boring. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so yeah, I would change that. I mean, I, you know, and maybe to your point, Grace, when you said, you know, avoiding maybe some of the trailers, I think one of the things I did this year that I may, might change next time is they released like images. Like the they released the images and they were like sometimes very explicit. Like I, I released like two images, but they released like twenty. <laughs> and you'd go through the images and be like, there's Perrin is with the Tinkers. There's Perrin there at the dance. And there's Perrin talking to Ela. Okay. And then there's like Matt and Rand. there at the thing and whatever. And you go back to it and you're like, they gave you kind of basic plot points. I think even before episode um, three, I believe they probably, oh, I'm trying to remember Were there any images released of the Grinwells and that anything around there?
1: Not that I recall. Now
0: that might've been the because episode. the first three episodes came out and then they started doing the kind of release, the images the next time around for the f- episode four. But I might avoid those next time. Because they were very kind of just um sometimes they were screenshots of like previous things they had released in released in trailers, but there were there were times where I was like, I didn't really want to see that image. <laughs> I wanted to have the image revealed.
2: If if I can uh, kind of flip the question around a little bit, you know, you have all this information about whose cast is what. We have some uh we have the uh information about like so for example, they released some photos. Uh one of the photos was of Logan in the uh the cage. Uh, and then the the exit data, or the, the ah, metadata attached yeah. to the photo was like, oh, something about Perrin, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so we knew that like they had accidentally mistagged the photo uh, and we knew that we were going to see Perrin and the Tinkers. But if you had gotten that information after the show, would it be less interesting? Because we already saw the show. We already know the scenes that are happening. I guess what I'm wondering is, is, is there room after the show comes out to dig into all this stuff? Or is... Was that only interesting before the show came out? And now that the show is out, what we're going to be digging into for the next year and a half is prep work for season two, or is it still worth investigating the things that were leaked or released to us before season one aired? Does that make yes. sense? That kind of I know I'm there now. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm
0: kind of curious what Grace is going to
2: say.
1: I'm going to say no. It would not be the same to look at that stuff afterwards for two reasons. One is that that whole first-time experience thing, um, it's, it's always the most exciting the first time. And now that, you know, seeing it before the show and knowing what was going to happen um, and then seeing the show after that, if it, to, if it were to be reversed, we would have seen it in the show already. And so it wouldn't really matter as much seeing it after because we already know, you know, the full range of what happened, not just those pieces. Um, the other reason, which I've now forgotten
2: it happens to me all the time (laughs) happens to me all the time
1: i was like oh there's two reasons i'll think of it well yeah i think there's a
0: certain joy in being the first to talk about something but not like first but i mean like talking about it in the moment of if if you go back uh you know we started covering kind of the news as it dropped And doing like live streams in the middle of the day, which was like insane, right? I'd be like tell people at work, like, okay, I'm out of here for the next hour. See ya. And be like, talking about the latest thing that just dropped today. And what I noticed was if I didn't talk about it that day, like it didn't make sense to like go back next Monday, let's talk about the amazing thing that well, I mean you talk about it, but you talked about it differently. Right? You lost that kind of Initial excitement. I think that's what a lot of us that do this on a daily basis are looking for. <laughs> is that like I want to talk about it in but the adrenaline moment, I never, not yeah. I want to talk about it. It is. We're it
1: chasing like, adrenaline. You're so right. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a
0: rush. Right. It's a, It's a little bit of a rush. And I, I remember times where I tell Taylor, I'd be like, "Dude, I can't do the live stream today, but I really want to. This is really interesting." And he's like, "We'll just do one on Sunday about it." And I was like, "No, there already be like yeah. seven live streams about the same topic, and that's boring." <laughs> I'd <laughs> be like, yeah, and so it was like either in the moment of or it was like, nah, you know, I mean, we'll again, we'll mention it we'll we'll talk about it, but not talk about it the way we would, so yeah, Grace, you're right, like there's whether or not we were already there as people beforehand, uh, we probably were, I mean, I know I was, but like there's a certain adrenaline <laughs> rush of like this is something new and interesting, let's talk about it, so I think, yeah, Brian, I think I would also agree there are things. That can still be that way that we no one's seen, right? There are things like that I'm going back to look for, you know. Like for example, I'll give you one. I'm sure I won't find it. I just want to find it, but I won't. Which is, I would love to see some of the lightning that comes down in episode eight wrapped around with a, with uh, the blackness of the taint. I would love to see that. I would love that they slipped that in and we didn't know that Rand was actually channeling and that there was he was part of that. What was happening there? I'd love to see that. But that's just me as a fan writing my own what i would have done in that scene Uh, but that is something i would go look for right because i want to find those things that we might have missed so those would be fun like unblurring a script that's fun but not fun in the same way of like when news drops talking about it versus when news drops talking about it two months later there's that
2: yeah yeah. well what's the difference then between and this is Kind of a serious question. What What's the difference between what you're talking about and behind the scenes footage that gets released after the show comes out that's still equally compelling and or maybe not equally compelling, but it's still very compelling and interesting to watch? You know, some of the fights sequences with Lan and, and the stunt people uh, or the costume development about Maureen's dress or you know, whatever. Like, what, what do you think is the difference between finding something that's been released and then we we just jump on it and, and grab it immediately versus watching behind-the-scenes footage later?
1: I think behind-the-scenes footage is different because that is new. Like, we're getting the information about, you know, Lan and Egwene goofing off behind the scenes. We're seeing, uh, you know, interviews with cast and crew that we haven't seen before. So I enjoy watching the behind the scenes stuff and it doesn't feel, I don't feel burnt out on, on the show when I watch that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I, there's something, this goes back to that urgency and adrenaline that, uh, that Grace brought up. There's something casual about watching behind the scenes stuff. That's fun, but it just doesn't like, it doesn't hit the same spot. <laughs> it's kind of like, this is cute, and this is adorable, and this is like, oh, that's really interesting, and I'm going to dive into that when I have five hours of extra time that's not devoted to something else. Uh, but when some kind of there's just no there isn't as much urgency, I guess maybe that's where I would say it. like mm-hmm. it's kind of like I can talk about the behind the scenes stuff anytime over the next six months, and it doesn't necessarily lose its its, a, its joy and excitement for me. Whereas uh, you know, it's like if someone else unblurred the script, you know, like it could be like. Oh, that's cool. Someone else unblurred it. Well, I wouldn't spend a lot of time on it. I might go and try my hand at like, if they were like, oh, I missed these three words. I might go try it later on. I can always go try to unblur those three words later, but there's nothing in the moment. Of- so
2: so what you're saying is uh, that the, we, we've already said it, but the leak, the leaks, the releases, the stuff that we found for the last two and a half years was more about the, the interactions with the community being the first one to see it, talking about it as it's coming out, rather than the actual content uh, that maybe is is potentially spoiling the show. It's more about that interaction with the other people uh, that, that you really the, – the two of you really love about this.
0: Yeah. I mean Steve proves that out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Steve was – Steve was classic It was example. nonsensical,
0: right? It's it, – There's nothing, there was nothing other than, like, it just was a moment of, like, let's share this together. And so, yeah, there were, how many times did we zoom in on stuff? Like, I think I did, like, theory live streams where I was, like, yeah, I think there was, like, one where I thought that uh, Sophie Okonedo had a bloody lip. And I was, like, a bloody lip with Nynaeve this would make a lot of sense. This is the great hunt portion of it. And they're going to go and they're going to have like a channeling thing. And she's going to be trying to teach her something and there's going to be like a hit. But then she's going to throw against the wall. This is going to be amazing, right? And I was like, this is my theory. And I wanted to talk about that immediately as I saw it, right? So it was sharing that with the fandom, not because it was like somehow important or it was going to be true. It was just like noticing something really before we know what's going to happen. And then being able to, yeah, I think talk with the community is definitely where it's at.
2: Guys, did you feel any excitement when you saw something that you knew was going to happen and you were just like, yes, I was right. That was actually going to happen. You you, you guys both mentioned you kind of felt like dampened on your reaction there. But I like it sometimes when I predict something that's going to happen and then it happens. Because I was right. It's more about me being right than it is about whatever it is that (laughs) happened.
1: Wow. Now you're testing my memory. I, <laughs> I made so many predictions and most of them were wrong. I can't really think of one that was right, that I was really excited about. It's
2: okay. Most of match theories are wrong <laughs> anyway. Are. So. That's part of the
0: fun. That's part of the fun. That, that's the funny yeah. part, isn't it, Grace? That we're like, I can't remember half the, I can't remember anything. Like, no, I can't either. It's like yeah. we did all these things and it's like, what did I say? People will say stuff like, well, you said this. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't remember uh, saying that. It's like yep. 200 live streams. I don't. I probably said lots of stuff yeah. that I can't remember. Sorry, Grace, I cut you off, but go ahead.
1: Well, actually, that kind of relates to what I was going to say. I thought of the second thing that I was going to say before about watching stuff after the season ends, which is that uh, what you were talking about earlier about being kind of exhausted and sort of burnt out right now and kind of taking this period to sort of withdraw a little bit um which i i know i've been feeling and a lot of other people i've interacted with on twitter have mentioned this kind of uh i guess it's the exhaustion that you feel after the adrenaline goes away Mm, and so i think um you know watching that kind of stuff can be nice during that time period like that was something I would do after each episode and I would watch like the behind the scenes I would look at the episode stills and stuff and actually like helped me calm down a little bit (laughs) like (laughs) so now I think um we're in that kind of calm after the storm which is uh, a reason also why I I don't remember anything that happened before (laughs) because it was just such a rush and such a wild time and then we had the episodes and we had the season and then there was a lot of you know discussion about episode eight but now it's just like okay I need to like breathe and think about something else for a while and kind of forget about all of that for a moment. Cause I don't know, it was a crazy time. It was awesome. And I can't wait to do it again for season two, but I think right now I'm just like, I need to shift gears.
2: (laughs) Yeah. To go back to Matt's running analogy earlier, uh, I've done tons of half marathons in in my life. And every time I finished the half marathon, I was like, that was fun. I'm never doing it again. And then like two (laughs) weeks later, I signed up for another one and it's just like, it, it, we we you want to do it it's exhausting in the moment it's it's maybe even painful in the moment but it's still really fun and then you get to the end and you're like okay i need a short break and then your mind just goes hey we should do this again sometime you know and boom you're off to the races again uh literally well it's
0: funny it's funny cuz that that's what i i think i think in the moment when rafe was giving details about season 2 i think i was kind of like bummed about it because those were some of the things that were going to kind of like, I was like, well, in two weeks, I definitely want to pick up on this thing. Once I take a step back, this will be a, a fun yeah. way back in to the excitement of season two. And like, he'd take away one of those carrots and I'd be like, Oh, okay. And then he takes like four of them and I'm like, okay, you gotta stop taking those away. <laughs> Cause that's like, that's for us. Some of us, uh, you know, maybe not for him, maybe not for other people, but for some of us, that's what drives the excitement. Like I, I, I was on YouTube. I'm just like, death scrolling youtube whatever you know and the the angst of some uh reviewers and i I realized this because i'm like looking at it there and i was like i just what are they so mad about and i just realized it like they were actually only there for the show (laughs) like the show is literally like five percent of the rationale of why i do the dusty wheel and that is to say like the 95% is because every week I get to talk about it. Yep. But the show itself, like however it was turning out, we always say this to each other, whatever happens, <laughs> we're still gonna be talking about it, because that's the joy of this stuff, is like to actually talk about it. It's like it's about the books and about everything. Like uh Brian, you can attest to this. Uh we always call back to Dragon Con and our in our in our list of questions because we had spent like at that point, seven years talking about these mysteries and arguing. And we just were like, if we can just get him to give us, if we can just get Jordan to give us enough answers, not all of them, but enough, we could have seven more years of arguments. But we need to kind of further some of these things on. And Jordan did just that. He gave us enough to kind of go with. He killed a bunch of theories that we loved. But then he, like, he didn't answer my question. Then he engendered a, a lot more. So, uh, yeah. Some people don't even understand that mentality of like, why would you go yeah. online and argue with somebody about a theory for seven years? And so that's the kind of people that I don't, like I go and I'm like, you literally just like wrote a review about a show you saw, and then you just move on. That's such a weird way to engage with, <laughs> with the, with. but I get it. That's like the booktube, you know, kind of concepts. But for me, it's like, no, this has like been a way of life for so long. That But I get it's kind of a unique thing. And like Grace, is, Grace, you were saying, like this has been, you said this is like the first time you've really engaged with fandom like this. Like what is that is it been like a missing calling to you? <laughs> or do you like, is it like I didn't realize I would love this as much as I've loved it? Or were you like, that was a crazy experiment. I don't know if I can dedicate that much time to this again.
1: <laughs> I think all three of those things. <laughs> uh, but mostly uh, the, the one about this is something I was missing in my life. I think, um, I mean, I've always been a creative person. I, I did, um, you know, theater and I did costume design and art and music and stuff, but, um, I think I kind (laughs) of, I kind of lost, uh, some of that when I got um, into my current job that I'm doing that has nothing really to do with any of those things. And so, um, this gave me a creative outlet that I haven't had in a long time. And, um, community that I you know love now that I didn't know I didn't have before Um, and I think that was especially important given the timing of everything and this is something I've been thinking about and wondering about a lot too is like how much the pandemic influenced all of this not just the the lead up to the show in terms of our own excitement about the show and um, you know all the material material we were getting over the past two years but the fact that it was two years and we all were very isolated and dealing with a lot of stress i think um it might have intensified the whole thing and and made people a little bit more addicted to that adrenaline and the excitement of being together and talking and having something to talk about that is an escape from the reality that we're all going through so i i think that also intensified the whole experience Mm. for me and um yeah i i I, i'm happy that it happened i'm happy that i'm here and i don't plan to step back from it at all
2: (laughs) would you do (laughs) this for another would you do this for like stormlight archive or something or is this
1: no, I, I think Wheel of Time is totally unique. I, I don't think I would do this for anything else. Like Matt, you were talking about, you know, booktubers doing a review and then moving on. Like I think anything else that I've been interested in, I could probably do that for and just move on to the next thing. Um but there's something about the Wheel of Time that's really special. Um that It's us. Yeah.
0: It's us. We're the special ones. <laughs> the fans. The fans are. Yeah. Uh, well that's even Well,
2: me. But also, yes, fans. <laughs>
0: Well, as I say, like even seeing uh, the disappointment and the anger and the frustration of book fans, you can see that across all fandoms. When somebody, when groups, you know, I see this, like I have no attachment to The Witcher. I just watch it, you know, like I get on my treadmill, try to work off some of my pandemic pounds and uh, and watch The Witcher. And I'm like, okay, and then I move on to the next show. Right, I'm kind of that book reviewer in my head. You know, <laughs> I might not like put up a YouTube, but it's like, okay, this is what I thought about it. Eh, you know, this is what I would have changed. And so it is. It's so unique to finally kind of find a story that you embed so deeply in, and and that's it's fun. It's it's kind of intimidating to like yourself. What I mean it's like, there was a moment where I was like, I don't know, like another year, like at least, and wow. And then I'm like, well, you've done it for like 20 some odd years. <laughs> what is another year? And I was like, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm like talking to myself. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I've forgotten this. There's a moment after we read the books and on the forums, we're talking about the books. It was like three or four months in. And then we are kind of like be quiet a little bit. <laughs> and you are like, where is, why isn't everybody talking? And you can just tell everyone's like. Okay, that was a lot. Like, I just devoted a ton of my life to talking about this thing. And, yeah, I need to kind of remember what I'm living for again. <laughs> like, what's the purpose of life? And uh, so, yeah, that's been the last two or three or four weeks for me is just, like, like finding that joy again uh, and why. Because we, we've been so focused on the show itself, if that makes sense. Yep. Like I, I feel like I'm so far behind. I think this next Wednesday show will probably be like an Ask Me Anything, and like me just going through all the news. Like it'll be like the innkeeper catching up with what's been happening because a lot has been happening and I haven't watched. I haven't like cared to kind of keep track of it. So, uh, yeah. what a what a unique fun time for us to kind of capture these feelings because these are the feelings that we I remember having after book stuff, but we didn't like we didn't have podcasts and YouTube channels to talk about them. Yeah, we just kind of were like, hey. Mike doesn't come to the forums anymore. What are Mike's doing? You know, and like yeah, right. Mike would come back two months before the, you know, whatever, and then we'd talk for four months, and then people would kind of go back on with things. So, uh, how fun it is to kind of know that that same experience is happening, and uh, we can all maybe be there for each other, like Grace, like you're saying, like, you know, like cathartically talk about how this feels to kind of end a turning, if you will, or end an age, or end whatever, and move on to the next one.
2: Uh, that's deep that's real deep <laughs> I don't know that I would give too much credit to the pandemic for this because Matt and I have been super involved in this since well before the pandemic was a thing uh, and and there has been tons and tons of people involved I think that the pandemic kind of maybe created like a focal point where it was really easy to do this uh, for a lot of us but you know this this kind of community and having the you know learning about all these spoilers, learning about all these leaks, learning about all these releases from the cast and crew and and Amazon and PR and all that stuff. And then us talking about it is, I think that would have happened anyway. And it just so happened that a lot of us had a lot more time because of the pandemic to watch more of these videos, record more of these podcasts, write uh, more blog posts, draw more arts. And I think we we might be in like this like renaissance of Wheel of Time, you know, fandom that might be localized to the pandemic, but it was there all along. This is just kind of a quick bloom cycle, if you will. But I'm really, really, really looking forward to the next two and a half years where we talk about season two and hopefully season three, all in, in, in that time frame and, and really just... You know, continue to keep these relationships going. Continue to keep these conversations going. Keep that adrenaline pumping. You know, um, be <laughs> like, get it back, get an alert on your phone, <laughs> and go. Oh my God, Matt's leaving work again to record another live stream at <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday. Like that's that's going to be. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that kind of thing. So, no pressure, Matt.
0: Yeah, no pressure at all. People like it is so funny. Do you know how many times people have like added me on social media and been like are you doing a live stream today <laughs> it's like after the show was open yeah. and then like new news and i was like i was like i don't want to reply to that <laughs> because i don't want to like yeah. i don't yeah. want to like there's like yeah because part of it is like you need to feel the joy i don't want to just jump on a live stream and be like hey everybody there was some news came out today it's like i want to be excited about it again if that makes sense so uh i'm kind of working my way back to that
2: yeah they will get there soon they will get there soon why don't we leave it there this is a great conversation i thought it was awesome we talked a lot about spoilers whether we like them or not we kind of agreed that none of us would really do anything differently i might actually be more involved going into season two than i was in season one because i feel like a lot of the releases and a lot of the wonder and magic is still going to be there in season two but it's it's going to be less less just because season two is already going to be showing us more of what we've already seen I think we agreed. we're not going to change anything. We're going to be full on Dusty Wheel, full on uh, grace devouring everything we can find. Maybe be a little careful once we get really close to season two coming out to kind of like reset our expectations a little bit. But otherwise, you know, keep doing what we're doing. And I think we all agree that the fandom is the reason we do this, the community, the sense of ownership that we have in this in this world of the Wheel of Time is what keeps us going. So uh that's amazing that's I, i've never been a part of anything else in my entire life that comes even close to this so i'm really happy to be on this adventure with all of you especially you too so thank you for that thanks brian yeah you're welcome well don't, don't cry don't cry you don't have to cry um
1: <laughs> they're both crying right now just I'm just so y'all know. i'm not crying
2: you're crying anyway um Grace thank you for coming on really appreciate you seeing you again great talk great conversation thank you for this topic it was awesome
1: Yeah definitely anytime
2: Matt welcome back congratulations on your father in lawhood thank you father and fatherhood in law what's the word congratulations anyway to <laughs> uh, uh, to your <laughs> your son and his new wife Yeah we're glad that you're back
0: Yeah yeah we well, uh, we're going to get back into this uh, we have a lot of uh something i wanted to do we just haven't taking the time because I want to do it well, which is examine the metaphysics of the show as we've been explained so far and and find out if uh, if the wheel has been irreparably broken or if it can all fit within what's been proposed. Uh, so that'll be a that'll be a fun one, but that's one, like I said, I want to do well and do right and not too casually. Uh, so that'll be coming soon. All sorts of fun stuff. People gave me great ideas on Twitter. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back into the inn and, uh, ease my way back into the, that adrenaline rush. That's, uh, that's inevitably coming.
2: Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you are a fan of the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time at the bar side. Barside Chats is a Dusty Wheel production, jointly hosted by Brian the Gleeman and Matt the Innkeeper. If you would like to support this podcast, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, Or you may email us at podcast@thedustywheel.com. At